Hi, listeners. I'm Irene Barton, Executive Director of the Cobb Collaborative, and I welcome you to Mind Your Mind Speaks. This is a podcast series that brings together subject matter experts and community leaders to help raise awareness, share resources, and inspire action through recorded conversations about mental health and well-being topics. Today, we are delighted to welcome Gerald Moore to our program. Gerald currently serves as an assistant district attorney for Cobb County. In that role, he handles a large volume of criminal proceedings balanced with treating every defendant with fairness and respect. He also works with the North Georgia Elder Abuse Task Force. Gerald, welcome to the show, and please tell our listeners a little more about yourself. Thank you so much for having me today. Uh, I appreciate that introduction. Uh, In addition to serving as an assistant district attorney prior to that, I had the privilege of serving as a magistrate court judge in Cobb County for seven years. Um, And while I was uh, doing that, I had the opportunity to attend the National Judicial College, which involved uh, a lot of the topics that we're dealing with today, such as substance abuse and mental health uh, disorders or challenges. And we um, had the opportunity to address that in a classroom setting, and it was it was extremely interesting. Um, now, as you mentioned, I'm currently acting as a prosecutor. In the area that I'm in now, though, uh, I'm in an area uh, that Flynn Brody had created, which is more, uh, the restorative justice uh, oh. area. And um, and so uh, I work under the umbrella of the early intervention court, uh, which is housed in the magistrate court. And that's been uh, uh, amazing. Uh, Chief Cindy Yeager is currently uh, heading that up. Uh, But uh, at some point, we plan on uh, rolling that out on a a much larger basis. But so far, so good. Uh, That just by background, that court is designed uh, to help folks make their way into accountability courts, such Mm -hmm. as mental health court, uh, drug court, veterans court, um, all of the wonderful uh, specialty accountability courts uh, that we have here in Cobb County. It's also an opportunity for prosecutors to take a quick early look at a case and see if it just needs to be uh, resolved quickly with uh, uh, treatment and perhaps a little supervision. So that's that's where that's what I'm doing these days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure like many people, there's just not enough hours in the day to get it all done, but thank you. Gerald, and thank you for mentioning the accountability courts. As as far as I can tell from um, just doing some reading and listening to some regional and national news, the Cobb accountability courts are really held up as model programs, aren't they? They are, and um, and uh, I'm pleased that one of the gentlemen that I get to work with in the district attorney's office, his name is Maurice Brown, and he is the deputy chief. Uh, who is over all of the accountability courts uh, in Cobb County. And he does a wonderful job and is very committed uh, to making sure that folks get the assistance uh, that they need. Uh, but, but yeah, it is held up as, as, a, as a model. And we're always trying to improve and look mm-hmm. at best practices and see what other folks are doing and, and what's working. Um, one, so, thing I'll, one thing I'll tell you is that... Um, uh, Cobb County, uh, and especially uh, uh, Chief Brown, is very interested in uh, moving forward with evidence-based uh, uh, processes and programs. Uh, 
um, not making decisions based on ideology or, or beliefs or anything like that, mm -hmm. but looking at the research and looking at what other jurisdictions have done and looking at the numbers. Um, and quite frankly, uh, now, which is really exciting me, is we're starting to actually look at the science, um, which, which is really what I'm excited about, I think, especially when we start talking about substance abuse disorders, um, we have to really look at the science. Um, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Well, Gerald, um, again, welcome to the podcast and thank you for joining us today. So as you um, spoke about your career here in Cobb, it's fair to say that you have seen a lot of different types of crimes and many types of defendants in your career. And without a doubt, there are serious events that sadly happen in our community and lives are lost as a result of that. Indeed, the spike in um, serious crime really on a national level is giving, I think, everybody pause and time for how do we deal with this. But there are also a number of nonviolent matters that take place with the defendants, and many of whom have issues, as you just alluded to, with substance abuse, mental abuse, or the, I mean, excuse me, um, mental health conditions. Um, there's correlations there. There's causations there. And so that's where I'd like to take our conversation uh, today. So can you talk a little bit more about what you see as it relates to those sorts of crimes when we have issues, I'm just going to say behavioral health issues, which as we all know, um, substance abuse and, and mental health fall under that umbrella. Certainly. Um, so the technical or, or fancy clinical term would be uh, co-occurring. Uh, mm -hmm. co-occurring diagnosis. So where you have someone that has a substance uh, abuse disorder and a mental health condition, it's, it's uh, called co-occurring and it's very frequent. Um, you know, not, we haven't done a lot of studies in Cobb, uh, which uh, is changing, which is very exciting. I, I think um, uh, in, a, in a previous time I may have mentioned, there's a, an initiative in Cobb County called Stepping Up. Um, which is something that the Cobb commissioners have adopted. And that's a, 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 an initiative that the commissioners are doing a study uh, with a, another nonprofit called Stepping Up. Uh, and, and it's to uh, create numbers or to create uh, uh, statistics and, and understand size, uh, the uh, number of folks that have uh, mental health and substance abuse issues in Cobb County and this is super important because um, all of the funding and grants and things like that require the collection of data in a very specific way. Um, and you have to be able to articulate um, your need in a very specific way, which means that you have to be able to uh, have your, your data. And so right now they're in the process of uh, collecting that data and, and formatting it and putting it in a way uh, that would allow uh, the county to uh, pursue uh, more opportunities uh, for folks who are in the criminal justice system that have okay. mental health and or substance abuse disorders. Um, but when you're talking about the interrelation, because you were asking me about the interrelation, um, they really um, go together like peanut butter and jelly. Mm -hmm. um, the the um, 
you were talking about violent offenders and nonviolent offenders. Let, let me first talk about that just briefly. Okay. The vast majority of folks that we deal with in the, the community are nonviolent offenders. Um, right. Violent offenders actually make up in total as the total number of cases that we deal with actually make up a relatively small portion compared to the total number. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, so I'm not going to start citing them, but mm -hmm. I will tell you that, that if you looked at substance abuse, uh, theft, we call those property crimes, but theft mm -hmm. crimes uh, and uh, cases that were the result of mental health issues, um, you know, they would make up a, a huge percentage, significantly more than the armed robberies, the rapes, the robberies, the murders, you know, the seven deadly sins. Okay. Um, and so when we're talking about nonviolent offenders, we're really talking about the largest piece of the criminal justice pie in Cobb County and in the, in the United States. Okay. Um, so now as the relationship between um, uh, mental health and substance abuse disorders, um, that there's a very tight uh, relationship because um, a lot of times what you see uh, is folks who have mental health disorders that have not been uh, properly diagnosed or don't have access uh, to the medications that they need, they self-medicate. Mm -hmm. And so they're involved in, um, in drugs in that way. That's one direction. Okay. The, the other direction is where you have folks who use drugs recreationally and then became abusers and they abuse those substances to the point where they created a mental health condition for themselves. In other words, if you use heroin or you use methamphetamine and you keep using it, eventually what happens is you burn out your receptors in your brain mm -hmm. and then you're depressed all the time. Uh. But you can actually make yourself depressed uh, uh, and have a give yourself a depression disorder by systematically and continuously abusing drugs. Wow. Okay. So there's there's this interplay between mm -hmm. the two where it's it's kind of an unhealthy marriage. Yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely. You know, where you have uh, folks who have mental health issues who are seeking out drugs to cope with the mental health issues, and then you have people who are using substances that then generate a uh, a mental health disorder. Mm -hmm. So, and then to add fuel to the fire, right? Just to add the third layer is once you have this situation and you end up with somebody who's unable to maintain um, employment uh, because they're, they're profoundly mentally disabled or mentally ill or their um, substance abuse is so bad that they can't maintain a job, they have to find a way to generate income and then oh, they result yeah. to shoplifting entering autos, burglary, mm -hmm. and then that generates the property theft. And then you have, and then basically what you've ended up with is the trinity that I was oh, describing yeah. that makes up the, the big piece of the pie. So that dynamic really makes up a huge percentage of the criminal justice pie that we have here in Cobb, as well as in the United States. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's why we end up reading, um, things. And there was a book I read a couple of years ago. And of course, I can't remember the um, title of it now, but that basically our um, prison system is the, is our country's largest mental health provider. 
Um, Correct. And and Correct. you may remember the um, the name of the book, Gerald, but it was um, it was eye opening, and um, I think you have devoted a lot of your um, maybe more recent part of your career, but um, periods of your career to to really addressing that and um, looking upstream and how to prevent that or the diversion programs and, and things that you talked about, right? So yeah. we, you mentioned um, being able to attend the judicial college and interacting with peers. So you must you must have some hope, right? That there's some innovative practices going on. Uh, you I'm mentioned no. yeah, things going on right here in Cobb County with relying on evidence-based research. So something that nonprofit leaders everywhere um, fully embrace, right? Every grant wants you to employ evidence-based. Well, I'm speaking your language, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but let's dive into um, maybe the more hopeful side of this, the, right. uh, the innovation and truly making a difference in, in the lives of the defendants. Certainly. So um, let's just talk briefly about uh, um, what's going on in Cobb, and then I'll tell okay. you a little bit about what's going on in the state that I'm excited about. Uh, what's going on in Cobb that I'm super excited about is one, as I'd already mentioned, is the stepping up process, because if you can't quantify it, you can't deal with it. And mm. so now we're in the process of quantifying it and we're paying attention. The other thing that I'm very excited about and it's received a lot of attention is uh, what Sheriff, Sheriff Owens has done in the jail with the 24 hour mental health uh, uh, treatment or access to treatment in the jail. Um, and that's, that is the, currently the gold standard uh, mm. in Georgia as far as um, uh, Sheriff's departments are concerned. Um, and I'm super excited that he had the courage and the resolve to step up and, and do that. And uh, I think that's that's a, a very promising um, promising initiative and promising step, and and I'm really super pleased to see that. Um, as far as so, those are the two things that are going on in Cobb: the stepping up in the sheriff's initiative uh, or the sheriff's program, 24-hour mental mm -hmm. health care. In the state, we have this omnibus bill that's that's coming out, um, and uh, that relates to uh, the 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 Reader's Digest version. The biggest part of that is that it creates parity between uh, physical disorders and mental health disorders. Ah, yes, um, House Bill 1013, right? Correct. It passed out of the House um, Health and Human Services Committee, um, I think the this week as we are recording this, right? And we'll be yep. heading to the full chamber, so and, and I can And I can tell you that I had the opportunity, I was at a, um, a, uh, a, a dinner with the Cobb, uh, medical society, uh, Cobb mm -hmm. County Medical Society, which is, you know, all the doctors and, and medical providers here in Cobb County. And I can tell you that uniformly, uh, and there, there were legislatures there too, talking about this bill. Mm -hmm. I can tell you uniformly, there was support uh, for this. Everybody sees the need. And it, there's two pieces that I think are very important about this bill. One is the, the actual quantifiable piece, which is that now folks who have medical insurance aren't gonna get a lower standard of care for their mental health. They're gonna get the same standard of care that they would get if they had a physical. Mm -hmm. But also I like it and I think it's important for our community um, because it gets us thinking, it helps us mind our mind. It helps yeah. us start to think about things in a way that we really need to think about. In other words, mental health is health. 
and 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 it's no greater or no less than any type of physical uh, ailment or disorder that we have, and it's every bit as real. Mm-hmm. And to have the legislature um, and the state in a whole, and the governor, you know, when he signs it into law at some point, to have them acknowledge that and to have them communicate that, um, I think is is helpful. And and I think that you know, as our kids grow up and as our kids get older. Um, hopefully they won't make a distinction in their mind. You know, they'll just think mental health is just part of your health. Right. Right. Grew up in the world that we grew up where, you know, mental health was something that we didn't talk about, or it was something less, or it was something strange. It was different than going to the doctor for a broken leg. Um, so I'm super excited about those three things. And I think the future, um, is, is bright, uh, because, because of that. Um, and I'm, I'm optimistic. Now, obviously, you know, you're, you're out there fighting the fight as well. And you know that there's so much more work to be done. Um, but this, these, these initiatives are going to pave the way uh, for us to, to continue to do the work that we need to do. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for um, talking about all of that, Gerald. Um, and you re- as you were speaking, I was thinking, I recently read the book, um, What Happened to You by Dr. Bruce Perry and Oprah. And in there, they talk about a um, population, I think it is in New Zealand, um, but somewhere where um, the indigenous people are kind of amazed that we in the Western world um, bifurcate physical health from mental health to them the person is the person. And that includes from the, um, your scalp all the way to your toes, right? There's not this difference. And, you know, perhaps we can, um, in our advanced um, societies, learn from those who have walked before us (laughs) that we, uh, we need to look at the whole person and treat the whole person. I absolutely agree. And I would take it even one step further and say that um, we also need to be mindful of that person's role in the community and how investing in them and how helping restore them and help them helping them do better doesn't only help the individual, but it helps the community. And yeah. you know, separating thinking of people just as individuals and not community members or not members of a family or members mm-hmm. of, a, of a neighborhood. Yeah. Um, it's, I think, in a whole, you know, I think a holistic approach uh, towards that and, and towards the way that we, we deal with some of these nonviolent offenders is, is the, right, the right way to go. Right. So, Gerald, throughout our conversation t- the, um, today, I've been thinking about the fact that, you know, a lot of times our um, justice system, if you will, is, is at the end. Um, we see, you see the property crime happening, or you see the drug deal going down. Um, but we all know that those upstream prevention matters can, can help you know, prevent that. And as you say, help people be productive um, and um, integrated with their family and their community and finishing their degree. And so I'm kind of taking away that maybe some of the work that you've done and that you're excited about being a part of is all the way upstream, but also kind of midstream because then there are people who um, have entered the judicial system and then you're um, helping them get diverted, hopefully um, to an accountability court if they're eligible and willing to comply with the parameters 
um, seek mental health, that sort of thing. So you're, you're working at a couple of places upstream. Is that fair? Is that an accurate assessment? So I would like to work more upstream. Mm. Uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm usually, I've been spending most of my time dealing with what happens afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, but I definitely would like to spend uh, more time, um, you know, uh, upstream. I can tell you that, that I see a uniform, um, a uniformity in, in outcomes. There's one uniformity that I, that I see, and that's that folks who tend to have mental health uh, issues and have substance abuse issues are, they're, 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 they're disconnected from their community. They're disconnected from their families. And the folks that were able to draw back in and bring back to the table and have them form a sense of community, even if that's in an accountability court, or even if that's in a support group, or even if that's with you know, getting their family more engaged and more involved, mm -hmm. the more connected um, uh, folks are um, with their community or with a support group or with their family um, or their church. I mean, that's another huge resource. Mm -hmm. um, the more connected they are, uh, the more successful they are. And so the things that I'm interested in doing when you talk about upstream is getting people as absolutely plugged in and connected with as many things with their community and, and with their organizations as possible. Mm -hmm. Because uh, the more connected they are, the more support they have. And they realize they're not alone. And that's when, when we talk about... Um, the, the overdoses and all the terrible things that have been going on in the county, um, that is a direct result of COVID and, and people being disconnected. Um, people being uh, um, isolated, yes. Correct, the isolation. Yeah. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, community-based uh, programs uh, that, um, AD, uh, that DA Brody is involved in that he encourages uh, his DAs uh, to participate in, and I try to participate in as many as I can, but, uh -huh. uh, but, um, but we're all in, all encouraged to, um, to engage uh, as many people in the community as possible and encourage them to be engaged uh, at whatever level they can, they can do, you know, yeah. uh, whether that's with their church or, or, you know, or whatnot. But I, I can tell you uniformly, isolation is the kiss of death. For, mm. for both of these issues, um, yes. health and and, uh, and substance abuse disorder. Yes, absolutely. I know Missy Owen up, over at the Davis Direction Foundation would heartily agree with that um, because she says um, isolation and being in long-term recovery, it's they, those are non-compatible. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, and you know, and you talk about, um, uh, mental health, you know, disorder, certain or mental health issues, mental health issues, uh, most mental health issues, folks do not get better uh, uh, when they're incarcerated. Uh, Ooh, incarceration, right. you know, uh, uh, most people have a certain level of anxiety and, and distress, uh, but a lot of folks who have uh, mental health challenges, their anxiety is three or four times Yes, you know, yeah. and jail and anxiety go together like oil and water. They're oh, not, yeah. You know, so, um, finding alternatives, you know, for not now again for nonviolent, you know, nonviolent mm -hmm. offenders, 
um, you know, finding alternatives for nonviolent offenders um, uh, to to being uh, incarcerated uh, is is a, is a huge uh, priority, I think, for 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 Mr. Brody and as well as for the sheriff, as well as for a lot of other community leaders. They are super. The one thing that you asked about me being excited about, they are super dialed in um, mm -hmm. uh, to this stuff. And they're paying attention, and they're engaged, and uh, and I'm I, and that that just makes me so happy. Yeah, <laughs> well, and it fits um, right alongside the initiative that we have in at the collaborative to make Cobb County a trauma informed community. So flipping that conversation from what is wrong with you to what has happened to you, which doesn't excuse. Um, crime. We're not asking for people um, to not, you know, make restitution and, and all of that. But as you and I have talked about today, getting more to that um, upstream point and understanding, because until we address that, um, unfortunately, that individual is going to remain in the same cycle. And it's, um, Gerald, it's like we um, practice this or something because we teach a course called Connections Matter, which is a trauma-informed um, um, introduction to adverse childhood experiences. And so you've got substance abuse in there um, and mental health. And But more importantly, the bright side of that is that one positive stable caring relationship can more than offset the trauma and the um, adversity that a child or, or youth may have experienced. And so all that you talk about making connections, um, you know, if you have a mentor, a community coach, if you um, are a part of a, a team or have a counselor at school, or even in the young adult world, um, you know, being a member of a faith community or a support group, whatever, it can um, change that conversation to then paces positive and adverse childhood experiences. So Gerald, as our time today draws to a close, is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have? Absolutely not. I think you were very, <laughs> uh, you were very thorough as, as, uh, as I expected, but I, I definitely think that um, as you're describing the, some of the programs that the collective has going on with trauma, um, I think as we move forward and have these discussions and concern ourselves with finding a, a way forward, I think that root causes are things that we need to continue to, to, to look at. And, you know, year after year, having done what I've done for as long as I've done it, trauma is a, a, common, um, a common thread uh, through, uh, through all of this, um, you know, uh, drug usage, um, and mental health uh, issues, often the root cause is, is trauma. And sometimes uh, folks don't even know why they're doing what they're doing because they've never even addressed the trauma. And when they begin to address the trauma, then uh, uh, you know, getting mental health assistance or getting um, uh, drug treatment becomes uh, more, more feasible. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to thank you for uh, for seeing that and, and getting out there, rolling up your sleeves and uh, engaging the community. Well, thank you. It sounds like you could come teach part of the class with us, Gerald, and have some um, 
real world examples um, that you could share. So thank you for your service to the community, to Cobb County. Thank you for sharing with us the good things going on, those um, bright spots um, going on both at the local level and at the state level. And uh, we'll be sure and keep our eyes on House Bill 1013 as it winds its way through this session. Um, again, as we record this and be sharing the, uh, the benefits of it with our the various sectors of our community, families, caregivers, law enforcement, um, judicial. It's gonna be a lot of people, um, hopefully very positively impacted by that legislation, um, as you mentioned, so. I agree. Yeah, so Gerald, thank you um, so much for taking time um, to speak with me today. Really appreciate it. And thank you again for your service to our community. Thank you for having me. Take care. And listeners, thank you for tuning in today. And to be sure that you don't miss any future episodes, please subscribe to our Mind Your Mind Speaks podcast. Also, we ask that you leave us a review on Apple. Until next time, remember there is no health without mental health. Please mind your mind and keep an eye on the loved ones in your lives.